Hello, my fellow Westorians. It's an exciting Wednesday. I almost said the wrong day, but it doesn't matter what day it is. What matters is what we're here to talk about. It's really good to have hype. It's really fun to see all this come alive. It's not real until it's real, as they say. And having images, having screenshots, having a real trailer for House of the Dragon is very exciting. I'm very hyped up. We're going to talk about what we saw in the trailer. If you are familiar with how we cover these things, well, you basically know what to expect. We've got a lot of screenshots. Ashea has prepared them. We've got a lot to talk about regarding those. It gets gives us confirmation of some things, gives us a chance to visualize what these characters look like, what the sets look like. They look fantastic. I mean, comparing it to other shows is just so much more grandeur. Like, you can tell that this extra budget they have is getting used on just making it cooler looking. So that's awesome. Uh, so I wouldn't say this is very spoiler, uh, spoilery. One thing about our Game of Thrones coverage is that we're looking at scenes that we haven't seen before. But if, frankly, if we had been covering season one of Game of Thrones, we would have just been like, oh, that's this scene. That's this scene. There weren't a lot of surprises in season one of Game of Thrones for people who had read the books already. Obviously, if you hadn't read the books, it was nothing but surprises. It was all new, all awesome. So I would say if you're trying to avoid spoilers, eh, you're not really going to find them here. Uh, technically, there's spoilers, but really, there's just a lot of kind of setting the stage. There is one or two minor exceptions, but they're extremely minor. One in particular, we are going to talk about behind the scenes filming photos, but those are going to be at the end and we'll give you warning. So if you don't want to see behind the scenes filming photos, we'll give you fair. We'll give you warning. You can cut out, drop the uh, drop watching this, but that's going to be at the end. So you have plenty of time to stick with us for the regular coverage. There's one exception to that. We want to show a side by side comparison of what one character looks like. Uh, just so with the behind the scenes photos, just so you can just so we can identify that character. Uh, so, again, that's not a spoiler, knowing what someone looks like. <laughs> I, I wouldn't call that a spoiler anyway. So, Shay, how about you? Are you pretty excited about uh, this trailer and feeling yeah, pretty hype? I am very excited. This is probably my favorite period in a film, in a TV show's creation oh. is the filming, the release of trailers, the speculation. I always really enjoy that for Star Wars, for Game of Thrones. I was very engaged during that time. So I really like seeing all the behind the scenes filming photos and seeing those filming photos and then seeing how they edit them and color grade them and all, all those cool things that they do. So that's fun. Also, I just like, even though mostly we didn't hear them talk, I'm those are kind of things that I like to kind of soak up right we heard matt smith's voice in that trailer in case you didn't know that was him a few people pointed out how much he sounds like ewan rian which not gonna lie i hear it too he does sound kind of similar they were born only a lot 100 miles apart from each other those two you know uh ewan rian's from wales and i believe uh, matt smith was born in northampton which is sort of central england uh really fun um now if you aren't aware let's do a little bit of basic groundwork uh, there is almost no daff connection from the old show to this one. There are definitely some. Uh, Dan and Dave have nothing to do with this. Uh, there's different costume people. There's different. And Shay will correct me if I'm wrong. Y'all in the chat will as well. If you were to say we can only bring one person over, only one person over from the old show and to the new show. If you ask me who I would pick, I'd 
windmill slam automatic instant name ramen jawadi and that is who we're getting we do have him his music is still present so the feel of Ga- the game of thrones universe via his excellent music is present and you can tell in the trailer uh so heck yeah <laughs> that's really cool now we've done a lot of work on dance of the dragons with our good friends over at radio westeros we just put out our fourth scripted episode on it. it's the longest one yet we've got another one coming out probably this month on the red kraken interesting whether or not he'll be part of the show all that much i'm guessing not as an aside we decided to separate him from our coverage <laughs> and we try to include as much as possible so if we separated him from the dance to talk about him separately that probably means the folks over at hbo looked at it somewhat similar like yeah this guy's kind of enough of his own story so but that's one of the many little questions we can't answer at this point but speaking of radio westeros you may be wondering since we work with them for the tv show so closely as well as working on dance of the dragons it seems like a really natural idea that we'd work with them for tv show coverage book to show coverage for this show when it comes out and you'd be correct you are indeed correct. We are going to be working with them. They're obviously not here today, <laughs> but they will be when the time comes. And maybe we'll have them for, for another trailer analysis or something like that. We'll see. We'll see what comes. We'll be answering questions at the end, maybe a few of them during if there's something that's super relevant to the current topic. Uh, Tracy McMillan sends a super chat, says, too late for me tonight. Seven blessings to all. Thank you, Tracy. Lady Air Airdross. We are happy to see you join, and we'll be seeing you in future streams. That it's just beginning, y'all. It's just getting started. This is fun. It's our first real uh, taste of what's to come, but we know there's going to be a lot more. We don't have any idea when the show is going to actually be out. I know that's probably a question some of you are wondering, if we have any insight or information or insight on that. Not really. There was a thing. Okay, so about a week ago or so, there was a, a leak, so to speak, where someone said... The trailer, the teaser trailer is going to be out in the next two weeks and the show is going to be released in September 2022 and they're having problems with the CGI for the dragons and I don't know how correct that is, but the trailer was released within two weeks. They got that part right. Um, so they got yeah. one thing right. I really hope it isn't September, but I also don't want them to rush things yeah. and have terrible CGI or bad, bad anything. So I agree with you there. I also was hoping for April, you know, but... Uh, that doesn't I wouldn't hold my See, hopes out for the that The thing about April that's great for HBO for Game of Thrones is that it's really well placed for Emmy nominations. Uh. And so I think they'll want to get back to that time of mm. year eventually, even if they can't make it happen for season one. Maybe what they'll do is if it is September 22, then season two will be April 24. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I think that makes a, a lot of sense. Yeah, which would be a little bit of a bummer that it's a year and a half between season one and season two. But of course, I'm just we're just guessing here. We we don't know. Um, so I wouldn't get my hopes up for April, though, folks. So if it does happen in April, hey, we'll be we'll be pleasantly surprised. But I agree with Shea as well. I don't want I don't want it to be rushed. I want it to be good. This is forever. So um, you know, you only you know <laughs> probably only get one chance at this. I'm gonna, I I want to say they only get one chance at this, but probably only one chance at this. So let's get into the actual images. That's enough intro. That's enough setting the stage. Let's talk about what we saw. Well, starting off, Shea is going to introduce each image and describe what we see. If you're listening on podcast side, I highly recommend you checking out the images. You've probably seen the trailer already. And it's unfortunately, the timing isn't quite right. But if you listen to us through Anchor or Spotify, um, 
within a couple of weeks, we're going to have the ability to show the video feed while you're listening to the podcast, sort of a combo. Uh, that would fit really well with this, but unfortunately, it's, it's still about two to three weeks away, so, so close. So starting off here, though, we have this dragon in, fr- in front of a bunch of candles, and some people have been wondering if it's a real dragon or a skull. I kind of thought it was a real dragon at first, and then I realized why would a real dragon be in front of a bunch of candles? Probably it's more of, you know, like an altar to the dragon skull. Um, is my thought. And so we have that image on the screen and I'm going to compare it to a dragon skull from Game of Thrones right here. So let's see that. So look, looks a good bit different, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it looks different. You know, it's so dark in the other one. And this one also would be far more degraded, the one in Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's like this one is, is, you know, super old. So a, a popular guess, one that I think is a strong guess, is that that's Balerion. If that's somehow a living dragon, which doesn't look living, but it could be a dragon that's dying. Like they in canon, Balerion died in the year 91 AC, and this would be probably around 105-ish, 102, something, maybe even a little later. Not really sure when the scene's happening, but well after the year 91, for sure. Uh, but it would be a very small change to have Balerion die early in the show rather than 10 years before. That's a tiny change, because Balerion just died of old age. Like, you know, big deal. So... Uh, that could be what's being said here. I love the idea that it's sort of a shrine because if Balerion died recently, I mean, Balerion was the dragon that Aegon the Conqueror rode only a hundred years prior to this to take the throne and make the throne. Heck, not take it, make it to mold it with dragon fire and carve out this kingdom. So they would have a very high opinion of this man and of that dragon. And that dragon only passed recently. Uh, so it's a pretty big deal. It would be like... Maybe not worshiping, but you. But it's important to consider too the way this is framed. There's a voiceover line happening during this, and he says, "Gods, kings, fire, blood, dreams didn't make us kings. Dragons did." When he says "gods," you see the skull. <laughs> so it's like, and Valerian was the name of a Valerian god. So that's pretty cool. Well done, trailer on lining all that up. When he says "kings," it cuts to the throne but we'll come back to that in a minute uh because this of course this voiceover is drawn out over the whole trailer so (laughs) now the candles kind of flicker out there right um in this moment which and then it goes black it's almost like well do the candles really flicker out or they just adding to the drama by yeah you never know cutting the lights out yeah it's it's not quite clear but definitely something's happening because the candles are blowing whether it's like a strong breeze and they actually blow out or i'm not really sure but there's a little bit of dream state to part of this trailer. And I think that's why they chose this line. Dreams didn't make us kings. Dragon did. I think Damon's responding to something like she's talking about a dream or I dreamt of this or I dreamt of that. And he's this is his response. Uh, but I don't know. Of course, we're just guessing. That line's out that of context. That would be interesting if we got dragon dreams in the show. I we don't would. really expect us to. but Because that, that isn't really a thing we hear about in the Dance of the Dragons. But we could. I think we should. Like... By should, I mean we, like, canon-wise, we should have dragon dreams, because so many of the Targaryens did, and the reason I think they weren't recorded is because, in the dance literature that we have, is because it's all from, like, the Maester and the Septon and Mushroom, you know, and they wouldn't necessarily write about that. They wouldn't necessarily know about it. Mushroom probably would, but, like, Septon Eustace, he wouldn't know about that at all, or he would just not want to write about it because he's a... You know, he thinks all that stuff is blasphemous or whatever, <laughs> you know. What Targaryens do we think had dreams? 
Ooh. Um, well, I'll ask the chat that really. That's a very good and question. And yeah. too. I, you know, really. Yeah, there like should there, be some. It, you know, did Lena or Lenor have dreams? It would explain a, a couple of things, like maybe. Um, Raina had Dreamfire, yeah. so that like that makes me think of that right away. Yeah. Her actual name is Dreamfire, so maybe she had dreams. And she was always kind of like a uh, kind of pushed off to the side. You could really explain that as someone that was like tormented, from traumatized by yeah. like she's not out in the front because she's all like, ah, this messes with me. Yeah, I expect that's a character that we'll see in season two. Yeah. Later season, uh, not this season. Yeah, we haven't. There's no images of her yet, right? No, no. Not even that's a little. A, so, yeah, yeah of like, course, she would be coming they have later. To yeah. Grow up. I don't know. We'll, we'll get into the behind the scenes set photo stuff and the implications for that later, I suppose. Yeah. So, that's something to know, too, is the, the images do make it clear that there will be time jumps. Like, definitely. We, are, we see events that you might wonder, you might, because you might have thought maybe they'll just con- compact the timeline a little bit to make some of these events come closer together. They still might do that. Absolutely. But, it's not like jam packed together. They didn't heavily condense it. That's also clear because we have multiple actors for some characters. We got young version and older version. So that that very much settles it. Like you're not going to if you're only skipping five years, you're not going to change the actor, you know. <laughs> so then we have uh, the next image is a guy's hand pin. Uh, very familiar. We know that hand pin. Well, it's it's kind of an established thing from the first show. That's uh, Reese Ifans. Kind of hard to say, I guess. Um, he was Lizard from Spider-Man. That's cool. Yeah, from the Amazing Spider-Man. And he was in a movie with uh, Emma Darcy um, called Misbehavior. Oh, that's neat. So he's... Otto was in a movie with Rhaenyra. Yes. <laughs> and he was a Xenophilius Lovegood from Harry Potter. So I've seen him in a few things. All of you probably have. He's been in a lot of things. And one other really funny connection that I found, which was that he was in the original Vanity Fair, the one with like Reese Witherspoon. And... His daughter in the show, Olivia Cook, Allison, is the main character in the new Vanity Fair. Nice. Nice. Yeah, there's a a lot of actors, actresses who have been around a bit, like they've done plenty of work, but they aren't necessarily big names. That's a lot of where Game of Thrones seems to find its, its characters, because, you know, if you're getting someone who's really well established... Well, that can can throw you off a little bit, can kind of take you out of the world a little bit. Even as much as I love Ian McShane, having Ian McShane in an episode of Game of Thrones did kind of throw me off a little bit as much as I love that guy. It was like, nah, that's that's Al Swearingen, man. What's he doing in Game of Thrones? (laughs) So I don't know about y'all, but that happens to me a little bit. This speaking of this next character (laughs) is perhaps an example of that. Yes, I think this next character is an example of that. It's Patty Considine. He was in Hot Fuzz, most, most notably um, in a gif that, if you're on Twitter, you've seen. <laughs> uh, he's absolutely hilarious, and he's playing Viserys Targaryen, and in the shot, you can see Blackfire. Yeah. Looks so- epic, and he has a cool ring. He does have a cool Targaryen ring. I believe that those are going to start selling now. <laughs> if they weren't already, people are going to be like, well, I need that ring. Myself included, I need that ring, so um, I, I'd be uh, be be looking out for that. Maybe one day soon, I'll be like showing it to the camera. Like, look at that. A, a couple of people pointed this out on Twitter. I'm noticing this too. It's not that dragony, Blackfire. It looks like it's been altered. 
And someone, uh, I think it was maybe Gray Area, our good friend Gray Area uh, may have suggested, or maybe it was our friend Alicia, I'm not, I can't recall. There's lots of great discourse going on on Twitter right now, as well as on our Discord and other places, our Facebook group as well. The idea suggested is that Jaharis, who was really trying to embrace the faith, trying to make friends with the faith, trying to play nice with the faith, because they were such a problem during Magor's reign and Anis's reign, well, it looks kind of like the Blackfire has been altered to look a little more 70 and look a little more like a yeah. little seven. Um, yeah, I'm zooming in. Right. Isn't that look kind of like a seven little things there? Yeah, it does. It Maybe. also looks like that could just. It might case. not be. Yeah, it might not be. It, it is definitely just a theory. It's not clear enough to for me to be like, yeah, that's definitely what's going on. But it's a good idea. It would very much fit with the world building and what we've been told and, and all that. So that's very cool. Emily asked, did anyone count the legs on the dragon on his ring? And I did. <laughs> and that refers to the fact that um, the sigil, the heraldry now has four legs for the dragon. Yeah, let's talk about that since it's, it's been raised. The, originally, there was a few people out there. Some people were laughing about it, just joking. But some people, I think, took it seriously that they might be changing dragons to have four legs, which I'm like, no, I really, 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 really doubt that. Let's remember what happens with heraldry all the time in Game of Thrones. People make slight changes to the heraldry to reflect something about their family, about their character. In fact, the, the very idea that there's three heads on that dragon already proves that. The three heads of the dragon. There's not three-headed dragons anywhere. That's not literal. So why would you look at four feet and think that's literal? Eh? Eh. Yeah. Okay. So... That said, I don't know what it, what it refers to, <laughs> so I don't yeah, know what the heraldry is referring to. Yeah, there have sense. been ideas, and for me, the bigger question is why did it change? Yeah, why did it change this? to that why and then back? Why did they lose the two legs? Yeah, because um, it started with two, and then they went to four, and then went we back know? to two. I mean, we don't know oh, that it yeah. started with two. We, for all You're we right. know, it started with this, and then now it's two, but after the Dance of the Dragons, presumably, I feel like that would be a pretty good time for the sigil to change, but maybe... During the Blackfire Rebellion, like there's many yeah. other times that it could have changed. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's going to change again during the, during the time of this story if they decide to go that route. Like during the canon Dance of the Dragons, Rhaenyra had quarters her arms and Aegon does the golden dragon you know, version of it. So they both like that's just more examples of tweaks to the original. One theory we saw was that it's to represent Viserys's four children, but that doesn't work. Because Viserys didn't have four children by the time we see this. <laughs> it's he's it's like in play. This sigil's in play when he has only Rhaenyra before and he remarries. Damon so. has a shield that has the four-legged dragons. Which so. that could be explained as him just trying to like, you know, yeah. establish himself or whatever. But like even you're right though, that does it doesn't help. <laughs> it yeah. does not help. Anyway, that's very interesting. So let's let's head back to the next image. Who's next? Or what's next? Next, we're on to Mazaria, which is Sonoya Mizuno. Let me pull her up right now. I particularly like this actress. She's probably the one I know the most in the whole series because um, she was she's kind of a queen of sci-fi to me because she was in Devs and Maniac, Annihilation, Ex Machina. She was also in Crazy Rich Asians, which is not sci-fi at all. It's a comedy. But she's a dancer. She's a trained dancer. Um, she dances in Annihilation and Ex Machina. Nice. But 
Mazaria is also a dancer. Although so learned, very yes. good casting there. And uh, I think this actress is very hypnotic and I think she's going to really kill this role. So we are, ex- in other words, we are extremely likely to see her dancing. It's almost certainly part of why she was cast, uh, yeah. given that the role c- seemingly calls for it. Obviously, it's possible to cut that out. But uh, the Game of Thrones wants to be sexy. And it <laughs> seems like that's a little bit too uh, straightforward. So I, I think we can, I would bet on this one happening. Yeah. <laughs> and even <laughs> so. in, just in that little glimpse we have of her with like the cutouts and her hair, hair kind of up. I feel like she has an associate look. Yeah. I feel like yeah, they communicate absolutely. that well. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very I'm very excited to see that as well. And I'm really excited to see what how she is because she is maybe one of the like most evil characters in this whole thing. <laughs> so it's going to be like, whoa, like what is she going to do? Like what look is she going to have on her face as she's doing evil? You know, <laughs> and how are they going to portray it? I'm yeah, I can't wait. Next, we have here uh, Millie Alcock as young Rhaenyra. Um, we have two Rhaenyras, to be clear. This one is all in all of her finery, kind of a Byzantine-looking outfit there with her headdress. And looks great. Yeah, it's very cool looking. Look I think she looks too. a lot like Amelia Clark too. She does. I totally agree with you. You can really see it if you don't notice it right away. You notice it probably when it's pointed out, and a lot of people I've seen say the same things. It seems like a a fairly widely held opinion, which is good job casting, right? Like that's one one automatic thing you can say. Like it doesn't line up on some of the others. To be fair, some of the there's definitely a few of the look actors and actresses look that we're like, eh, would have preferred this or that. But that's the kind of thing that we're unlikely to be too upset about. You know, there's there's so many decisions that go into casting. It's not just about how they look. So. Next, we have, I think, one of the most exciting shots for most people, which is Damon versus Kristen Cole. And we know this is Kristen Cole because, as you can see here in the bottom left, I'm zooming in. You can see that it's a morning star. Yeah. In the trailer, it's pretty impossible to catch that. You might guess it because you know that Kristen Cole and Damon fight in this melee and you might know what happens. But because I suspected it was Kristen Cole, we did the freeze frame and like, yep, there it is. There's that morning star head poking out at the bottom. So almost certainly him. That's a 99 percenter. There's also this interesting addition to the sigil, to the heraldry there yeah. as well, where it has this kind of um, gold accenting along the sides and on the dragon itself. And I, had, I like your theory on this. I had wondered if it was Damon's because of the gold cloaks. Yeah, that's a great theory. Yeah, Damon um, forms the gold cloaks. The thing is, is that there are more shields there on the on the wall and the weaponry table, but maybe he just happens to have a bunch supplied, but it makes it seem more like it's the standard shield. It also seems like it's a notch up in quality from what we've seen in like the equivalent from Game of Thrones in terms of like tournament settings. Like this looks more epic than the tournaments of Game of Thrones because the tournaments of Game of Thrones were early. They were early in the show when their budget was smaller. They hadn't said a lot of this. They just, they know what they're doing more now. They have a better idea. They have more experience with this. They have more money. (laughs) So it looks more authentic. Like there's more, there's like smudges on the shields. They look used, but they also look regal and thick. And Damon's armor looks so cool. man. Yeah, right? It's so cool. Yeah. The plumes. Yeah, the plumes. I mean, it just, man, (laughs) it's awesome. So this scene in terms of the fight, what fight do you think it is? I think it's interesting that they have weapons on a table there and shields set out. Yeah, I think it's the melee where where Cole Knox wins knocking Dark Sister out of his hand, which I've always been very puzzled by because you're not supposed to use live steel 
in that kind of setting. But no one's going to tell Damon no. And if Cole's like, yeah, I'll fight you with live steel, then no one's going to say, you know, like, like, okay, then let them, you know. <laughs> but the, traditionally, you fight with blunted weapons, not Valyrian steel. That's the opposite of a blunted weapon. That's, <laughs> so that's it's, we know for sure it wasn't a blunted weapon because it's like, oh, no, I've got a blunt dark sister I use for. Also, <laughs> uh, I want to point out that in this shot, we get our good look at Dark Sister. Here we go. Yeah. Putting that on, um, which kind of, it looks very similar to Blackfire, but a daintier, like a, a lighter um, looking sword, really. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. It's supposed to be smaller. It was originally um, meant for a woman's hand. Xenia wielded it. It wasn't made for her. It was made in Valyria, but that's how it worked out. Next up. This shot of Coralie's outside, and then we see the Valarians walk in right after that. Squad is so epic. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> they, are, they have got the costumes. Man, they look good. Yeah, and we get just off here on the side. Point out, this is our first look at Lena Valarian. We have the announcement um, in the for the press room. They, were, they announced a couple of characters here. Um, and this is Savannah Stain, who hasn't done a whole lot. But I'm excited to see more of her because I think, I mean, who doesn't love Lena? She's a very um, likable character, I think, in a bunch of, amidst a lot of more unlikable characters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and we see, of course, Rhaenys Targaryen, Eve Best. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't like that she has silver hair. Yeah, I kind of wish she had a little black hair, too. I kind of I, I wish it was salt and pepper, right? Which is what it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah black, exactly. Yeah. It should have the black visible in there. But, it, I mean, her hair does go silver. It does go gray. Yeah. So that that makes sense. But I, I am disappointed. Yeah, because it helps. It, it really helps distinguish the marriage situation and the father issue of who uh, of with Rhaenyra. It really helps with that. It would have helped with that. But that said, this is more well set up, arguably, than the books, because by having uh, these more uh, distinct looking Velaryons, for example, Rhaenys's kids mostly don't really look like her. They look a lot more like Corlys, especially the hair, but also the skin. Um, it kind of speaks to what we were taught in Game of Thrones about the seed is strong or about different details to look for like that like well why does this person not look at all like their father or mother or what have you so Rhaenys because Rhaenys was Baratheon that's why having her a little bit of black hair would have looked really cool because we would be able to say oh the seed is strong but not strong enough to any of her kids have the same hair colors so all the hair now so the color's not there but they still did the hair all the Valarians have hair like Corley's to, to some extent, like way more than it looks like her other than coloring. But the like dreaded look, the thing that's very much on his side. Right. So the point being, and I'm going to give a big shout out to our friend Joe Magician, who explained this about as well as anyone. So hat tip to him. The one of the reasons this is an important dichotomy to understand is as readers slash watchers, watchers, we know that Rainier's kids aren't gonna be fathered by Lenor. 99% certain on that. Just like we knew Robert didn't father J uh, Jamie and Cersei. Well, that was 100%, really. This is pretty much 100% too. But we found that out right away in Game of Thrones. The end of first episode, we found out Cersei and Jamie were sleeping together. So it's kind of like, yeah, we just have always known that. But in the world, the characters out there don't know that. Jamie and Cersei's affair wasn't widely known. 
Uh, it started to become somewhat widely known later, but it was a secret. Whereas this is not that at all. This is an open secret. This is one of those things that everyone knows it, but no one talks about, partly because the king threatened to pull a tongue out of anyone who did. That goes to show that it was getting talked about a lot. You got people flaunting it, people mocking it. You got people just talking about it openly because that's the difference. Everyone knows. This is not like Jamie and Cersei where it's down low. This is an open secret everyone knows. <laughs> so that's an important difference. As readers and watchers, we know both cases regardless. But the in-world characters, that's where it's night and day. Very similar in some ways. Three kids to sort of help prove that, to get more and more evidence that they aren't coming from their father. Uh, but with even more distinct physical characteristics to back it up to really prove to everyone. Presumably, we're also going to have Lenor being openly gay or like doing some things that like kind of show yeah maybe not but i would guess that they're gonna like yeah lean into that a bit to maybe yeah, make it sure. an open to just further show that everyone knows so. so also in this shot though we see some other valarians it's a lot of them right yeah we see vaymond valarian which is the only other one we know that is named um this is will johnson he was also announced, and the announcement says that that is Coralise's brother. Now, this is a so change. that's a change, yeah. Yeah, that's a change. I like that change, though. Yeah. Because Vaymond is going to try to take control of the lordship, and having a closer relationship rather than being a cousin makes it makes his claim stronger. So it makes it a little more tense, like a little more climactic or whatever, yeah. And then, of course, we see our, our guy Coralise there with all of his finery, looking great. And then Lainor there, this is, to be clear, this is young Lainor. There's two actors for Lainor. This is Theo Nate, and that, you know, makes sense given what we think this scene is, which we'll see when we get to this next shot. Oh, actually, first let's uh, show you these other Valarians. See, there's three that we see right back here. Yeah, we don't know who they are. It's like, ooh, they're yeah, just yeah, a big... Who are they? They're just, they just want to make older. it clear they, this is a big family. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not... Yeah, it's a big family. Who are yeah. they? We'll find out. Um, we did see um, behind-the-scenes photos of a bunch of black Valarians, of silver-haired black people. So some of these we see in this shot, um, not all of them. So there's even more than this. Right on. Yeah, so that's awesome. I'm excited for how thorough and uh, they've casted the, the Valarians. Because quite frankly, what we're used to with Game of Thrones, a, a phrase that I think Lady Gwynn coined and we used a lot was the law of conservation of actors. Now, this is, <laughs> they're clearly not trying to conserve Valarians here. They're going to make yeah. lots of them, which is awesome. Now, they probably are going to do that in some spots. Like, like, like we said, they probably will compact the timeline a little bit. They probably won't have, for example, in the span of the timeline before the war breaks out, there's three different maesters, grand maesters. They're probably not going to bother with that. They'll probably just keep one. And, and that's, a very, that's the kind of change where I'm like, eh, who cares, right? Like, that's a really small change. That's a perfectly yeah. sensible change for TV. Like, why? There's already going to be so many characters for people to learn. Why have three maesters, two of whom just die Yeah, why not give one character so much more personality yes. and story? And, and yeah. I it agree with that. It makes so much totally. sense. Yeah. I'm always on board um, when it's done well. Yeah. Um, obviously. Our next shot is what seems to be the other side of their arrival, which uh, makes sense because it's young Rainier here up at the dais with her father, King Viserys, Targaryen and Valarian banners up top, which makes it seem like it is the wedding feast, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's an unknown brown-haired man up there. We're guessing maybe it was the hand of the king. Yes. Um, uh, th that who else would be sitting 
up there that high, you know, that isn't a Targaryen or a Valarian. Um, so that's kind of our our pick there, and uh, that which would be uh, Lord Strong, not uh, Larry Strong. Larry Strong's dad, who was it? Was it Lyman? No, um, I forget the name, but Lord Strong, <laughs> who was hand for eleven years after Viserys finally fired. Otto Hightower for hassling him about the succession. And that just goes to show how what a, a laid back guy he is. Mm. He took six years of the being hassled before he finally was like, stop it. You're fired. Uh, uh, and then, of course, he rehired him <laughs> after uh, uh, Strong died in a fire. John yeah. Hagee says, uh, are those feathers over the throne a nod to the Summer Isles? And that's interesting thought, because also I wonder, you know, mm. um, Merit Jin, that's something people have wondered about if that, yeah. there was a connection there at some point. Interesting. Um, either way, it's, it's very festive. Very, very festive. That <laughs> is, is true. Cool. Yeah, it looks really cool. It's another example of what I was saying before about how it's just like, there is a lot of care taken in this to set decorate and the costumes and everything. I'm not super observant on costumes, but Game of Thrones has taught me to pay more attention to it and learning just how much they detail and time and effort goes into it makes me even more interested. So I definitely welcome commentary from y'all. Fill us in on anything we might have missed. Next up, we have this shot of Alicent, this is one of the, the big topics where she has the cat's paw dagger. That is the cat's paw dagger, like 99% match. She looks menacing with it. Uh, this appears to be the- out, too. Yeah, she looks mad or frantic or something. Yeah, frantic, I think. And, it, and she's term. wielding it, not holding it. Like, she is- it's holding, she's holding it up like she's going to bring it down on someone. And it's not hard to guess what that might be. This appears to be the scene right after Viserys' death where they meet at midnight to discuss how to- Take the throne, basically. I mean, yeah, you look at how they're arranged. It looks so much like they're a around a table that they're in, yeah. you know, plus a castle all, room. Plus the characters there match yeah. who should be. You got so, Tylan Lannister on the left. That's the sort of handsome looking dude. Yes, who is, that's, uh, that's played by Jefferson Hall. Right. So he was Hugh of the Vale. So he's a second timer in Game of Thrones, which is neat because he, he had a small role and now he's back. As two roles. Yeah, he's back because he's a twin. He's a twin to himself. This is the younger twin. Uh, the older twin is Jason, who is at Casterly Rock, ruling Casterly Rock. He's Lord of Casterly Rock. So um, if we see more of Jason, it might mean we get Red Kraken, too. Those two storylines are somewhat tied together a bit. Yeah, we are seeing Jason. Um, so, yeah, that makes sense, I think. Next, we see uh, Harold Westerling, Graham McTavish there, who I think everyone knows from The Hobbit and, I guess, Outlander. Uh, yeah, speaking of double duty, he's in, you, you, you have noted that Graham McTavish is in The Witcher. He's in The Witcher twice also. Oh, oh, yeah. He was a voice in Nightmare of the Wolf, and he's going to be in season two as Dykstra, um, oh. uh, who is a very important character. So uh, so that's awesome. <laughs> uh, Matt Reese says, are they going to have Allison kill Beesbury? And I think so. I think they could. I think I, so. I like the idea. Yeah. I, I think uh, from in my perspective, they might paint it as she perhaps even slightly legitimately has fears for the safety of her children and herself if Rhaenyra and thus Daemon come into power. And so she's like, I have to do this. Yeah. I agree with you. And I think, and it is another evidence of other small changes here. I like that change 
Kristen Cole is visible in the background. He's just standing there, and so is Harold Westerling. And the reason that, that Harold Westerling is important to bring up again is that Harold Westerling is the Lord Commander of the Kingsguard. So that's a small change because in in the books, this would be when Harold Westerling's already dead, and Kristen Cole is already Lord Commander. So so the fact that Kristen Cole's not in charge of the Kingsguard is pretty important. It also means that uh, it's possible that Westerling will switch sides, that maybe that's how they're going to go with it. I mean, casting Graham McTavish, who's a more recognizable actor, does imply a, couple, a larger role, maybe? We have a couple ideas here, too, um, okay. through the Moon Door and Women of Ice and Fire. And I have seen people elsewhere also say this, um, say that it was it potentially when Allison is insisting one of Rhaenyra's, one of Rhaenyra's kids gets his eye put out after Aemon. Yeah, that's an interesting and I think thought. That's, I, I think that is very possible as well. The particular arrangement of who is there kind of makes it seem like it's not that situation, but I, it can be. I think, uh, yeah, that that makes some sense. Yeah, because that would have already that would have happened already by then. Yeah, or that, yeah. that certainly is in this time frame. Like this yeah. this event, the event we're we're supposing comes after the I thing. So yeah. Yeah, that could that would make sense. That would also explain Harold Westerling's presence. Maybe Harold Westerling. Maybe that's not a change. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, although that's awfully demonstrative and just charging with a dagger, like, take his eye out now. You yeah, know? <laughs> that says something about her personality. Yeah, she's also, not quite so afraid for herself, but angry. I don't think she looks so, like, angry exactly. By the, like, in terms of when you look at her emotion no. there, it doesn't quite give me the expression of take his eye out. She doesn't look murderous. Yeah, yeah, she looks frantic. Yeah. Yeah, she looks, like, hurried. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is puzzling, though. But that does, that would help explain it. One problem with that theory is that it takes place is the eye, Eamon loses his eye at high tide, not at, or it might make a drift mark, not at King's Landing. But that could, they could change that. I mean, she still has to say it, not, you know, she has to say it somewhere. But she was there for that. Oh, okay. They were all there. They had all gathered for, I forget what, but, but they were all there. That's why Eamon was there. We can't tell that the background is not high tide or drift mark. No, we can't. You're right. You, we can't. I, I'm not work. sure. What the, I think the person whose presence uh, would speaks to it being the council meeting perhaps the most is the Lannister guy. Like, yeah, he wouldn't. Why would he have been on? I'm not sure why the master of. Well, he would well, be the master be, of if, ships at the time. Yeah. I mean, if they so, change things, I could picture she finds out the news about Eamon and it happens to be at the yeah. council meeting. But either way, it's a really cool Easter egg to connect that dot. Like, why? Well, of course, the cat's paw dagger would be around. It came from Valyria. Like, it was there. You know, it's. Uh, it they makes gotta sense. sell more cat's paw daggers. They got <laughs> a huge stockpile. Uh, other options for who these characters might be on the right. There's two sort of older guys. Uh, Larry Strong probably isn't one of them. We know who was cast as as Larry Strong, and it doesn't look like either of these. These guys no, look too yeah, old. No, yeah, not at all. He's yeah, the, the, way the, older. The man cast as Larry Strong is a young man. So here we come back to this talk about Grand Maester. So I think one of those is Grand Maester Melos. The actor playing Grand Maester Melos is David Horovich, who doesn't have a beard. Both these guys are very bearded. So, I mean, obviously, that's a very small change to make. They could give him give the man a beard. But that's my point is it's hard to tell because of that. <laughs> uh, and the other one kind of doesn't leave much room. If that's the secret council, I mean, the only other character I can think of would be Ironrod. Because mm-hmm. Beesbury would be off pay off screen. She'd be coming at him. And... Uh, Everyone else is accounted for. So there you go. Now, Lyman Beesbury is also cast. He's obviously not visible. And you have a note about him. Yeah, that is Bill Patterson, who's the dad in Fleabag. Yeah. That's that's nice. I'm going to be sad to see him get killed. Yeah, right. Yeah, he won't be in it very long. Very likable dude. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, I think I mean, it's well cast, I think, because everyone's going to be like, no, Beesbury. Yeah, they clearly aged him down because Beesbury in the canon is like in his 80s. He was he was master coin for like 
for Jaharis for like a long time. So that's that's obviously a very small change. <laughs> I can understand why they're trying to avoid like the really really older actors maybe for for COVID reasons too. My, 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 there might be like yeah, that might be that's like a thing. Interesting, yeah. Like just, I, 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 we've seen some of the like we know some of our like recurring actors and other shows we watch. They had to make exceptions. Yeah, like, like Mythic Quest, for example. Yeah, where they they had him just basically Zoom Skype in. <laughs> yeah, they put his head on like a. A body with his his Zoom call head on the body. It was kind of like Futurama. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, <laughs> so next up, though, I suppose, are we good here? Yeah, let's move on. Uh, next, we have this shot of the joust. And we yeah. can tell from this one shot from above that this is Kristen Cole. We have his boring shield. <laughs> Very boring. Nine dots. dots. Yeah, whatever, yeah, dots. <laughs> and then we have a Tarly shield. So yeah. This is a Tarly jousting with him. Not only is it a Tarly shield, but there's Tarly banners all over the place, which implies that this is Horn Hill. They are not high ranked enough to have their banners all over a big tournament unless it's at their place. That's really the only explanation, I think. And Horn Hill, as we know from Game of Thrones, as you know from A Song of Ice and Fire, is not terribly far from Old Town. Um, I mean, Sam did abscond with the sword there and all that. So, <laughs> so this could be where they've decided to have the show version of the tournament that sets a lot of this up. The Greens and Blacks yeah. tournament, the green, yes. Yeah, the Greens and Blacks tournament. Law yeah, of Conservation of Tourneys, yeah. we were talking about ahead of this stream, says <laughs> that there are three major tourneys, which are um, the one for Viserys' Ascension, um, the Greens versus the Blacks, which is um, the five-year wedding anniversary, and Rhaenyra and Lenor's um, wedding tourney. And probably, I don't think they'll have three tourneys. Yeah, we'll probably change one of them just to wedding only. Yeah, wedding feast there. Maybe and then one maybe will have a joust, the, one will have yeah. a, 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 a melee or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see, we'll see about that. But I, I don't think they will have all three, and, and maybe they'll have two. But we do see this. I think, why would I? Why would Rhaenyra and Lenor's wedding be here? Why would Viserys's ascension tourney it's in the Reach. Allison is from the Reach. It makes sense that the, the Tarleys might throw a big uh, yeah, they'll, tourney. They'll do something. It doesn't even have to be in honor of anything in particular. They yeah. just go to a tourney. They could have. Yeah, it, it, the location is not important to the event. The thing here is that they have done this location before. Tarleys are a, fa it's familiar. a, a, a familiar house. And so, of course, they're going to use these locations in these these houses. I'm happy for them, too. I want to see the Tarleys. I agree. I'm, I like that. This is a good, another good example of like a really small, like non, you know, change that may, means very little to the plot, but ties things together from what we know from the TV show. It's like a low impact change. Yeah. Just a quick note. We see some little sigils here. Um, yeah. In real quick. Lannister. This one... It looks like a yellow sun. Literally, the only one that's at all close is House Lefford, um, which is not does not look like that, including in Game of Thrones and in A Song of Ice and Fire. So I don't know about that. And this other one here looks like it. There's another good shot, but it looks like a, a red heart with dripping blood. But it doesn't look like either Corbray or Stademan. So 
I don't know what they're doing with yeah, the sigils in this show. I have to say I'm wondering. <laughs> we I know think it's, it's really probably mi- Stadman. Yeah, I know it's, it's not. Closest, I know but... it's minor, but I do care. Yeah, I do too. Um, do too. And yeah, it's probably Stadman because Stadman has a dagger going through it. And this one just doesn't have the dagger. Whereas Corbray um, has ravens. And a there's bunch no of ravens drops and, of blood in Corbray uh, either, really. Yeah. So yeah, so I think I, 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 I agree I'm 100% with the Shay on that thought process. It's probably Stadman, but you can see why it might not, because it's definitely not a, a, a complete match. Yeah. So those are some of the lords and ladies that are at this tourney. And um, we see this behind um, from Rhaenyra and Alicent are watching this um, in red and kind of a blue green. And so they're sort of like coexisting, but it's maybe setting up the, the acrimony that maybe they'll have some snide comments to each other, something like that in this moment. I yeah. wonder <laughs> how that's going to be. But we have another uh, Western Bannister, uh, ban- I almost said Bannister, uh, <laughs> I said Lannister Bannerman, it appears to be the Leffords, right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe. It's yeah, kind of hard to tell. The reason it would be the Leffords, though, is the Lord Lefford commands the army that gets... Uh, beaten up pretty badly, to put it mildly, at the fish feed. So that is, there's a reason to introduce that house specifically, potentially. That's that's one that they could just have it be Lannister instead to make, simplify a little bit, and that would be a very minor change. But this is perhaps evidence that they're going to stick directly to the story rather than making a, a change there. Some people also point out that this could be, you know, um, people tilting for Rainier's hand yeah yes trying um, to yeah Alan i agree harley um the, i'm gonna guess that uh the stark banner there yeah we see that, that right up. here i'm gonna guess that they're gonna age up cregan stark they're gonna make mm-hmm. him a little bit older yeah. so that they can have him here and then later because yeah. the, he wouldn't in canon he would not have been here he was too young yeah so i'm gonna guess they make him a little bit older and have him appear at this yeah, yeah. and so this can, tourney is a great place for them to you know introduce a bunch of the players the, yeah the p- people will see later and you know in the series although they don't they don't want to do that too much because you want to cast an actor for the season they're gonna you know be a main character in. that's true um so there is that aspect of things like if you, you don't want to commit to a Cregan stark if you're not gonna be using him. that's a really good point they may just have some really old lord stark to make it really clear when the new guy comes along as is a young guy it's definitely yeah. not the same guy like yeah that's that, true you might do that or that yeah. or again because the starks are so big they'll have cregan be around in that's this true first people season. won't be confused about the um, starks it's the starks yeah, like people the are gonna be like what stark is there. that yeah that, that's um true. it makes sense in this shot we also see the bolton yeah bolton uh, might be a bolton maybe a little bolton sigil there Maybe we'll see some Bolton lords there. It'd be cool to see like a dude in armor or something like that. That'd be a fun yeah. one. <laughs> but yeah, I imagine part of my thought is that this th- there could also be a, an element of when everyone swears fealty to Rhaenyra because they mm. want to set up the fact that these people are sworn to her. Yeah. Like this, this Stark swore to her or what have you or this person didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And yeah. that isn't something that we would necessarily see on screen if it happened when it happened in canon. It's a pretty, pretty nice spectacle having a bunch of people like come up and, yeah. and kneel and like you get to see like one by one these different lords with their like regalia, their armor, their like sigils or like standard bearers or whatever is coming on, however they want to do it. It would be pretty cool if they decide to go that route. But as you said, mm-hmm. don't know for sure. Might not. There's a lot of different ways for them to do it. Next we have, I think this is one of the most mysterious ones for me personally. And I this agree. is um Lenor fighting. Um, yeah. in in his bedroom, maybe or I don't this isn't a bedroom. This is definitely not a bedroom. Yeah, okay. It's, a, Probably it's not like a, a study kind of room, yeah. you know, like a library. I don't know. Um, but we see here 
it's old Lainor. I say old, which is funny because he's not he an old guy, like but he is older. Yeah, um, yeah he's older <laughs> Lainor. Um, John McMillan, um, who's a very funny actor, by the way. So I hope they give Lainor some good comedy. He's he's very funny. Yeah. Um, and look at these details, though. Over Super here, cool. we've got a mural on the wall of like a ship, and then this like uh, hanging castle seashell thing? castle, interesting thing. It's so neat, yeah. Um, so I think that's pretty cool, and that indicates to us that this is either high tide or drift mark, or as I think could happen, law of conservation of castles. We have just high mark or drift tide or uh, yeah, tide they mark. become one, <laughs> um, and that it'll be destroyed, sacked at the end, just like high tide is, and that'll um, yep. explain why we don't have Valarians in Game of Thrones. Yeah, um, and so we see this. There's two people here um, that he is fighting. One that he's fighting and one that's down on the ground. So, well, here. that guy might be on his side since it's, you know, it's a dark skinned guy. Yeah, it might be another yeah. Valarian. Or yeah, exactly. And he doesn't have silver hair, but yeah, he's clearly black. He's not, he's certainly yeah. not that white. That doesn't mean he's, obviously, uh, that doesn't mean he's no. on Lanor's side, but yeah. we, we, you're right. Like his his posture makes it unclear yeah, whose side he's on. Yeah, it d doesn't seem like he is on the side of the aggressor. Um, he also doesn't appear to be armed. So he yeah. might have been just like some guy, the, like a servant. And here's the guy that he's fighting here. This is what he looks like. Um, he's kind of young. I, some people think that it is Carl Corey. This isn't really the exact situation where it would have been, but that doesn't really matter. They could have changed um, it, yeah. But it's so, not who you know. It's not though. This is this is where we got our one. Yeah, this is our one. Our one set photo. Yeah, we know that it is not um, Joffrey Lawnmouth because we have seen photos. Here we go of him filming who is Joffrey with this red hair and they're out in a field having some sort of like idyllic, I guess you could say a gay day, <laughs> a happy day out in a field perhaps um, in their, their shirts. Um, um, and that's young lane or um, yeah. Theo Nate as well. So yeah. So to be clear, in case y'all forgot, Joffrey Lonmouth is Lanor's lover. So that's not, he's not fighting with his lover <laughs> in this scene. <laughs> At least not Carl the guy with the Corey sword. Corey is his, late, his lover later. His later lover. So, so it could be, yeah. He could be fighting with yeah, this lover. That's true. It could be someone coming in to try to kill him, like, a, you know, assassination. But this is older Lanor, so that it does hold up for the idea that it could be Carl Corey. Right on. Okay. Next, we have some shots of the larger Iron Throne here. Um, yeah. Some of which was emphasized by the angles they use. This is the one from behind, where it really like kind of psychs you out for a second when you yeah. first see it, and you're like, like what do they really that? make it that much bigger? Yeah. Not quite that much bigger. I um, thought it was pretty clever. Like A lot of people are pretty excited about the throne. I'm one of them. And I think it's pretty clever that they couldn't just go back to the original canon throne. Like That would be too hard to explain. Like, well, how did it turn into the one that Robert Baratheon and Ares were using? Like, if... If there weren't flashbacks of Ares sitting on it, maybe they could explain it. But Ares and Robert sat on the same throne. Uh, so what they seem to have done is made it appear as if it was larger. And then it was at some point tampered down. I've seen a lot of jokes about like Ares kept slipping on it. So like yeah, he kept cutting himself. Know. So they, just, they made it smaller <laughs> for him because he kept cutting himself. That makes some sense. Uh, but it got, looks. The cloak got caught one too yeah. many times. So I got to say, good job by the showrunners there because they just their hands were tied on going back to the original throne. But this is like a happy medium that makes it look a lot bigger, more intimidating, way cooler while preserving the canon they were kind of forced to maintain. In this shot, we see a Rhaenyra, presumably, certainly um, from behind coming up. 
and on the throne there is her father Viserys. We can only imagine because he's sitting there, but there's a zoomed in shot for y'all as well. Now there's some theories that's not Viserys, so we could let's talk about that briefly. I think it probably is. I but think it, it probably is, but it would make for a striking scene if Rhaenyra came in there and Damon is sitting on the throne. Yeah. Um, leaning like that, all as comfortable as can possibly be. Um, th- it's there got is that something lean. Yeah, to he it. looks kind of cocky. Yeah, you know, he like does he's used have a cocky it. look to it. I, I think, <laughs> um, but probably not. Probably not. Now, the other idea I've seen is that because the voiceover discussion refers to dreams, that this could be a dream sequence that she's seeing this, or that she's imagining someone else on the throne, or that yeah, it's a, a vision of sorts. I like what John oh, Hagee says here. Rhaenyra might remove the extra swords after it cuts her. Yeah, because we were told it cuts her. That's right, yeah. One theory out there that's probably too much to hope to be true is uh, that it's Daenerys, that someone sees a vision of someone uh, of a woman on the throne and thinks, oh, I'm going to take the throne because I'm, I see this. I, it's me. That's, She's seeing no herself. It's up there. Okay, if it's definitely not a woman, yeah, then that's it's, it's right out. Yeah, definitely not a woman up on the Okay, so you've looked close enough yeah, at it. Yeah, okay. everyone in the street I didn't zoom up, too. zoom in yeah, on it to be able to tell that. Okay, so that's man. right out then. That's right out. Uh, in that case, I'm bringing up that theory to to put it down. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So there's a lot of possibility that might be this might be the moment where she she's told, you know, I'm going to name you the heir. Or there's a lot of possibilities. There's just it's too many to name. There's something we haven't thought of. You know, it, it might just be a scene that looks really cool, but has some not a lot happens in it. You know, not uh, enough context to, to make big guesses on that one. I think. No. So we talked about the four legged. Greg Yaitanes, who is one of the main directors, executive producers, um, I commented saying, I highly doubt it's a mistake because it's featured. And he liked my comment, but he also liked to comment saying it was a mistake. Um, <laughs> so I think he's clearly enjoying the fan debate. Um, and I, I really don't think that it could possibly be like so many people went into it. It's not a mistake, everybody. Yeah, There's it's some not a mistake. reason. It's not a mistake. That would be, uh, that's crazy. <laughs> I wish that they would clarify it. I, I must say so <laughs> yeah. the mystery would stop. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I mean, it's the main sigil for the show, too. Like, that was a very intentional change with, with thought behind it. It wasn't, oops. <laughs> so, next, though, we, we are going to get into some of these set photos. And nothing here is really spoilery, I have to say. But yeah. a lot of people do care. Like, they don't want to see a look behind the curtain. Yeah. So, to, to be clear, if you don't want to see behind the scenes photos, this is your time to duck out. And we'll see you next time. We do have an episode this Sunday with, uh, Sean, with Sean and Stefan Sasa continuing with our well not continuing but uh looking forward to the rest of a uh, dunkin egg what might be in the future t- books and show for that um we, we recovered the whole thing and now we're going to cover what might be um so yep if you don't want any set photos time to duck out but like ashea said they're really minor they're just m- pretty much and almost exclusively just this is what this character looks like there's yeah. there's really like plot wise a little there's a little bit it's stuff like you you know this is gonna happen but but it's stuff we already know is gonna happen yeah it's stuff from canon like and and it's and it's not detailed it's just like well that clearly indicates that so anyway enough preamble but before we get into that there's one other thing we want to mention it was his george r martin on his blog posted a picture of himself holding a sword and then a hand image next to it that had eight fingers (laughs) and then it, it was tagged with hbo so it had nothing to do with like some people at first were like, oh, is that is he admitting that he's going to need to write eight books? No, not if he tagged HBO. Uh, so what does that mean? Eight fingers. Maybe that means the show is going to come out in August instead of September, the eighth month. 
but that is a really wild guess. So I, I have no idea what he meant by that. George does like to be cryptic sometimes <laughs> with his blog. This is definitely an example of that. <laughs> but I have no idea. Like eight fingers? Like what the heck is that? Veramir no. eight fingers? Uh, finger lord, finger man, the fingery. People are like talking about the spinoffs, the successor show. Yeah, that's another theory, right? Uh, that there's eight spinoffs. There's eight in projects, now. not necessarily all spin. You know, his yeah. pro projects of his. In that's entirely possible. Yeah. Um, so um, I don't know. He he's, he's he tagged with HBO. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, so something TV oriented. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's not really. We're not really. That's a deep analysis there. He tagged HBO, so it must be in TV. Oh. It's gonna end up being like <laughs> George R. R. Martin's new sci-fi series, The Eight Fingered Man, announced now. <laughs> <laughs> He's the descendant of the six-fingered man from The Princess Bride. <laughs> just more fingers just kept popping up. The finger gene. The, the finger gene is strong. All right. So shall we get into this? Let's do it. Let's look okay, at some Okay. First up is one of my favorite shots from all of behind-the-scenes filming. It's Damon on the beach with Dark Sister, and he looks like Jove in Arrested Development to me, like in, next to the ocean. Like I picture him trying to throw the sword. <laughs> just going to come just, right back. And throw yeah. Them, yeah. I don't know. I, I, we don't know what's happening there. Um, exactly. But in the next shot, it might be if it's related, which it could be. Then we have, um, this was similar to, you know, filming time. We have these pirates, which it seems like this is Kragas. Kragas um, Crab the Feeder. The Stepstones. Yeah, now remember, if you remember, Kragas Crab Feeder was sent by the Triarchy to establish a hold on the Stepstones, if I remember correctly. I'm, maybe I'm forgetting who sent him. But either way, he was a nasty guy who killed a lot of people by staking them up on the shore and letting the tide come in and drown them. And that's Kind of what you can see there. There's a bunch of men tied to posts there. Uh, so this is strong evidence that Damon's conquest of the Stepstones is going to be in the show, which I thought there was a decent chance that would just be explained or dropped entirely. So we might get some Caraxes, torch and pirate ships and cool stuff like that. Yes, yeah, I'm here neat. for it. Just because I mean, we'll see Corlys and Damon's relationship. Yeah. A lot of it there, and that's what some of this um, seems to show. Also, Aziz, you noted that these uh, pirates here came into quite some loot, right? <laughs> yeah, look at all those vegetables in the upper right-hand corner. I can just imagine it. They're like, boys, no scurvy for us. <laughs> they got leafy vegetables peppers. and eggplants and <laughs> peppers. Look, good. Yeah. look at all that treasure. It <laughs> <laughs> does look pretty good. Those are like, I guess those are props. but Yeah, still. props, but I'm surprised. <laughs> they look that good they do look really out good. yeah those peppers are all shiny and nice looking. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, next up next we have um some of these what seems to be the strong boys yes. uh, these valarian boys um just based i mean just look at them <laughs> um and they're talking to rainy eve best um this was our first look at her before the trailer it's a little bit of detail on them um we haven't heard anything about who's playing them exactly um when this time period is but we're seeing them this season yeah so that'll be cool get to see that next up i said that there's a bunch of black valarians um in that trailer and there are more in the filming and you can see that here there's a there's lot of them just, yeah just a number <laughs> that we don't necessarily see um in that shot so there's even a few more like this one um that i that i'm on right now was not in those shots um so that's pretty cool to discover yeah Nice and one, nice one. 
This is a great shot of Millie Alcock filming just because I think it looks really funny in her sunglasses. <laughs> um, and she's looking like Amelia Clark. But yeah. that dress. That is a like, nice dress. <laughs> very cool dress. Uh, yeah, with it the does. Slits in the arms. Like, very, uh, yeah, definitely has a different vibe to a later era. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think it they does do a good stand job out setting it apart. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you on the Amelia Clark thing because she was known for like smiley yeah. behind the scenes footage. She's always like showing how happy she was and putting on a face. You know, even thinking back, even when she was like having brain surgery and stuff, just like, man, yeah. she's a trooper. That's true. Tough lady. Uh, so that, okay, then we have some, some shots of her. This is young Rhaenyra and young Lenore on the beach uh, hanging out. This one shot of them on the beach hanging out. Yep. Then we have, we talked about the Joffrey Lawnmiths shot. Yep. This seems to be our first, our, our look at little Aemon, is what people's guess is, um, in all of his green. Oh, yeah. Um, be prepared for this kid to be pretty nasty and yeah. to be sitting on a giant dragon yeah. <laughs> and to lose an eye. <laughs> um, and here's a shot of what seems like all of the green boys, potentially. It's our, our best look at them. Um, you can see three children there. Um, yeah. Spooky. The one on the right, <laughs> it is cloak. By the way, uh, I am wondering how they're going to do Eamon's eye, his sapphire eye. Yeah. How's that yeah. going to look? I, I just, that kind of slipped through the cracks in terms of thinking about how that's going to look on screen. I hadn't really sat back and been like, oh, that's going to look really cool. Yeah, yeah. Totally right. So we saw him. There they are again. Here's a nice shot we see. This is... Um, Olivia Cook as Alicent and Millie Alcock as Young Rainier. I think that's worth noting, right? Um, yeah. Which which one's which? In terms of young or old, I mean. Right. And looks like kind of an inter- it kind of looks like a friendly interaction, honestly, just from the the way uh, it's staged. Hmm. Um, and I kind of think that they're going to start things off with them being friends, personally. Yeah. That's why I think that's why they made them closer in age. I think they're gonna, uh, you know, um, be friendly. Okay. And here we go. Strong sigil. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to ask if we have that one. Yeah. So that's kind of neat. Like the normal strong sigil is just the three colors. So they, they definitely jazzed it up rather than just three stripes. I like a, done like that a partial Cole rainbow. Too. What's that? Should have done that for Kristen Cole too. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> just jazzed it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so that is, it is pretty clear. That's what this is. It's pretty hard yeah. to imagine it being a different sigil, even though it's fairly different, but it's the same colors and the same order. Yeah. So it's hard for it to be anything else. Yeah. It's kind of neat. I like that. I like that change. And we have uh, this one, I think is one of the more interesting shots. This is um, along the coast. It's like a war council. Um, yeah. Clearly. And you can see it's got Corlys and that's probably Vaymond now we know in retrospect. Given he's the brother. Um, yeah. Yeah. And makes sense the to be look involved. of his hair um, now that I look more closely and Lenor there. And we see Damon there, so presumably this is to do with the battle, the war for the Stepstones, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That is an interesting scene, I think. I mean, there's all sorts of Valerian shields, too, on the coast. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tier. One that we didn't grab that is worth mentioning is the tomb, right? Yeah, um, that just a couple that were worth mentioning. I didn't really think we needed to show them. Yeah, um, it's not very, it's a, kind of blurry. Yeah. yeah, we saw like a Valerian tomb effigy of a woman. Um, and some people think that has to do with Elena's funeral, potentially. Yeah, that would um, make sense. But she it could also be set dressing for yeah. you know, a, a dead Valarian. It could also potentially be Rainy. She's 
since she marries into House Valarian and we know she's going to die, but she probably won't die in season uh, yeah, one. Yeah, I don't no. think that'll happen this soon. I agree. I agree. Um, There's a chance, but probably not. I don't think they'll be into the we, war that much. Already. We also saw some of older Lainor, um, John McMillan, practicing rowing a boat. Mm-hmm. Gotta um, practice your rowing. Gotta yeah. gotta be uh, Gendry. Gendry. Yeah, Shanks. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, we saw most recently the filming we've seen are a bunch of Targaryen banners and red tents. Mm. Just a bunch, like that. You know, for, I guess for uh, more tourney shots or right campaign. And then we've seen a bunch of stone lions, like a fountain. Mm. Um, that's just as of today or yesterday, the last couple days. And a couple of hours ago, Javi of Los Siete uh, Reynos, our friend. Hey, Javi. Uh, <laughs> he shared a video of a castle and a fire at night that seems to be dragons uh, lighting the castle on fire at night or something. Oh. To so that's interesting. I didn't know well. about that one. That was so recent. I didn't see yeah, that in our notes yet. Yeah, two hours before we recorded. Wow. Cool. So he shared a video of that. So yeah. It's neat how the dragons feel present in this trailer because you got them talking about it. You got Damon concluding his voiceover speech. With, we see like some charred like bones. Yeah. I'm not in the trailer. So I, uh, and you hear roaring. And yeah, yeah, so it's like their presence is there, but no actual <laughs> I have on besides the skull. Someone else like, who is this mysterious religious looking man? He's like, he looks hmm. kind of burnt. I don't know. There's yeah. a few men that look... I don't like the look of them. <laughs> I, I feel like they're going to be dangerous. Mm, dangerous folk, huh? Hmm. I don't know if anyone has any ideas on who this man is. Yeah, they're going to maybe introduce... Some sort of penitent. I don't, he looks the like a... Sh- they're going to introduce the shepherd early or something? Yeah, or? yeah off, I guess set it up. I don't maybe, know. Maybe it's... I don't know that I think it's a major character, but that they're showing that these this type of anti-dragon figure is about... Yeah, she, like laying, you know, setting the stage for that. This is like people are not happy. Yeah, that could that would that could fit pretty well. Certainly, there's going to be anti-dragon sentiment, so they might. And that's why I thought of the shepherd, and that would be the culmination of that. Yeah, I can see them wanting to start setting that up now, like yeah. showing that people are. I think it'd be don't like clear. dragons or whatever. I think it'd be pretty, pretty clear to viewers that uh, dragons are bad and dangerous when they see them just destroying towns. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> but. Yeah, you it's wonder if they're going to... That, that's a way for the story to expand in a way that I would really appreciate having some point of perspectives from lower, you know, people lower on the food chain, so to speak. Because yes. you don't like... Obviously, the way the Dance of Dragons is presented in canon is through these three sources, these, mo- these three competing sources. We don't have perspectives from the common folk at all. And that would be, you know, in a TV show, we're not dealing with the POVs of researchers and maesters and, and mushroom or what have you. So they're a lot more wide open with the perspectives they can show. That would be cool. That would be a good way to do it. Might be heartbreaking. Might be kind of terrifying to see. Might make you sad, but it would be effective. Uh, <laughs> it would be g- probably a good choice for them. I-, I would think I could see that being uh, very uh, meaningful. Yeah, as- one of your greenstones, by the way, says head shaving in Westeros makes me think it's related to the seven. And I think they nail it. like that is why I think that. Oh uh, yeah. Why they look so religious? I hadn't really put my finger on what it was about that person, but that's it. It's egg. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, egg is very religious. Much huh? earlier, a hundred years too soon. <laughs> Before there was egg, there was I don't know someone else. Someone coming else. Up blank here. <laughs> there was egg. There was another. There was someone else. There was another. <laughs> um, okay, I don't have any more notes. Do you? I think we're good. Um, we, oh yeah, any we questions? did have. Um, 
someone also announced for casting, or we know about casting, um, Tony Woodhead was cast as Rylan Malister. We do not know a Rylan Malister. We do know that the Malisters would have maybe been one of the houses that tried to win Rainier's yeah, Hand. Yeah, I don't know why they they're there. picking him in particular. Like, the Malisters yeah. weren't big in he, the TV show, the original River TV show. He has a very look. Like, okay. he reminds me of Brendan Blackfish, the uh, actor for him, actually. Like, mm. he, just, he just looks like a river lord to me. Interesting. So I, I, That's I, interesting. Like, it's very interesting that they didn't go with Tully or Blackwood. Because like, yeah. they could easily just tweaked it a little. I mean, because, yeah, I mean, we don't even know who this guy is. Like, I don't remember Rylan Malister from... Uh, yeah. From Game from no, there's no Rylan. Fire and Blood. Yeah, there's no Rylan anything. I don't think there's any prominent Malisters in the time of the Dance of the Dragons. I forget who was there. Um, we just talked about all that war with Radio Westeros. I, I wrote, I'm the one who wrote the Riverland, most of that Riverland section. I don't remember mentioning a Malister at all. There was Jorah Malister. <laughs> oh, Jorah Malister. And that's why, that was what it was. It okay. made sense why he would, they, they would change They don't name. want another Jorah. They have another Joffrey, though. It all comes they together. They Joffrey Lonmouth. They true. didn't care about that. There might be Joffrey Valarian, too. I wonder if they'll yeah, keep that one. Yeah. I, I thought so they would Joffreys. change it. And then the fact that they had Joffrey Lonmouth. I don't know. That, that makes me both yeah. think they won't and makes me think they will. I don't think Jorah Malister was part of those battles. He was just one of the dudes that shows up at one of these tournaments. Yeah, he just, yeah. he just, he, it says that he's one of the prominent river lords that supported and he joined okay. the host of Elmo Tully. Right on. Okay, um, so he, he comes, ah, uh, he shows by, up he later. He was killed by B- uh, Lord Baratheon. Baratheon, so yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he was around. Cool. It's okay. Well, that's that's part of it. We haven't gotten to that part in, yeah. in our Dance of the Dragons coverage yet. Oh, that's near yeah. the end. Boy, that that's like the last battle of the war. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the Battle of the King's Road. No wonder I couldn't remember Jorah Mal or Rylan Malister. There wasn't yeah, one. Yeah, and I couldn't no, remember no any Rylan. Malister because we haven't gotten to it. I don't yet. know why All they right. chose a name that is not in canon. That's what always bothers me a little bit. I was trying to think no, it was like a little Rylan. reference. Maybe there's some guy named, yeah, I don't Maybe know. Maybe Rylan. We know that we, we see that happen all the time on TV shows. Like no, they name someone on the crew. Like, yeah. Yeah, they do that for sure. Yeah, but you're right. I don't know they why. Cho- but you, which is, I'm just guessing because, like you said, it's not a name from Canon. Yeah, there's like, a million there's no names Rylans of Canon that they could have gone with. Though. So that's so my. That's why I'm suspicious that it's that it could a, be a reference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're yeah, just like, nah, I don't know, uh, Rylan. Yeah, because it is a George R. R. Martin style. Change one letter from a real name, like is it Ryan, Rylan, you know, like yeah. Jeffrey Joffrey. So it is. It does fit that yeah. sort of. His uh, his method. <laughs> yes. But anyway, unless we don't have any more questions, I think that's um, that's our first look. Yeah, that is our first look. I'm sure uh, we'll be back with a second and perhaps third and maybe more looks, depending on what sort of s- trailers and I, teasers we get. I realize there's one other thing I want to point out, which is okay. that in the, the character breakdowns on the official HBO website, they mention three times on three different characters that Daemon Targaryen is the heir to the throne. So I just want to emphasize that like they are going to make that be a big plot point. Okay. Like that is a plot point that they're emphasizing super clearly. Uh, huh. Just that. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Or he, I wonder if they mean that like strictly like he's designated that or if he thinks is behaving that way or. No, like he. It says like, it's straightforward. It says, he is the heir it, to the It's throne. like the ally of Prince Daemon Targaryen, the heir to the throne, the, uh, mm. where's, what's the other one? His position as heir to the throne, you know, was, uh, Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean that that is true. That is even true out of canon because um, he might have thought he was the heir. People yeah, I mean have, he was the heir until so until Rainier was, yeah, was, was, was officially was, named. Was yeah. named officially, and that's when he was so mad. Right. And he went off and did the war for the stepstones right. and did all that. So it makes sense. Like that's what I'm saying. Is that what they're saying. So it is up, accurate. We're gonna yeah. see that. The difference will be how old 
Uh, she is. Rhaenyra uh, is. Yeah, that's true. I, I that, that, that could change. Like, even George changed that. Remember from, yeah. like, way back, like, the original Game of Thrones book, the dates on Rhaenyra's ages, that was one, like, it's almost not a retcon because it was only in the appendix. Yeah. Because it wasn't part of the story yet. But, like, technically speaking, he put in print that she was, that, that, that um, they were pretty much the same age. And then he changed it to have them be Rhaenyra and Aegon be 10 years apart. Mm-hmm. So, yep, yep, yep. There were a couple of other tweaks that George made from the dance early on, but they weren't. They also weren't technically retcons because they weren't in the books, only There's in the appendix. It's going to be a bigger than a 10-year t- difference between Rhaenyra and Aegon in the show. Well, we'll see. Yeah, I guess you're I mean, right. It you probably will like, be. You're right. No, you're right. It's got to be more than 10. Be. It absolutely yeah. has to be. Um, How big is it in in canon? She's Because he's, uh, he's like 19 or 20, I think, when when the war breaks out, or 23 maybe. She was born in 97 AC. So she's, 30, so she's 32 when the war breaks out, or rough 32 or 33. And he was born... Or 31 or 32. Um, no, 31 or 32. He was born in 107. 10 years. It is okay. 10 years. 10 years. Okay, cool. Okay. It was exactly what you thought. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, yeah, we'll see what they do with it. You're right, though. I, there is good reason to think that that gap has been changed. Yeah, um, I mean, this. yeah, it has to be because we, the shots we see of yeah. Alicent and Rhaenyra. Um, but that, again, is wouldn't seem to change the plot in any meaningful no. way. Just a kind of a way 100%. to make the actors fit a little better. Yeah, whatever, I'm so. super on board with them changing um, yeah. ages for things, especially when it's ages to make things a little less gross. Yep, um, yep. Good point, good point. As always, folks, there's very, very often a, a production, like a filming reason why these things are done. Um, not always. So, you know, we don't know. We're not part of the process ourselves. We just interpret it as best we can. Yeah, I think we, I mean, we talked about this a lot in our Game of Thrones coverage, but I always want to emphasize that when you're watching something and you think something's a pothole or something is wrong, take a moment and just try to imagine. Just try to think about if you can think of some answers they might not be the best answers but i a lot of times there are answers we're not saying imaginative yeah we're not saying don't assume they made a mistake but we're saying don't assume they did yeah (laughs) just like don't assume they made a mistake let's just yeah let's not let's not be confident in any of our assumptions here let's just let's be wide open with our guesses leave room to be wrong yeah, be hum- be a little humble about it, and and have fun with it. That's the point. I think above all, that's what we're here for to have fun. Yeah, it's not fun if we argue about different little details. If we fight about debating, sure, yeah, that can be fun. But if you're arguing, then it's not fun anymore, and then we've we've defeated the whole purpose. So let's all try to keep that in mind, folks. We've got such a so much to look forward to, and we will be with you for it all. So until next time. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Ashea. Uh, and we'll see you for more. And Valar, reread us. Mm-hmm.